nice to see everybody here. As many of you know, um, a bunch of us were at the Vineyard Conference. We had about 14 of us at the conference uh, that was being held in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Um, hundreds of people were there from all over, the, all over the vineyard, all over the country. We were just lucky that they put the national conference here right in our backyard. Um, if you go to the next picture, you can see this. Uh, this is the, the venue where we were holding it. You can see all the people, hundreds and hundreds of people all worshiping God together. What a blessing to be part of such an event. Um, here was our, the next picture is our, our little group that was there. So you recognize a few of those faces and we got to hang out together. Um, notably missing from that picture is, is Relisa and Beth. As, as was already been mentioned, Relisa was in the hospital almost from the day one, maybe day two. Uh, something there triggered a respiratory issue. And then Beth, I have to call her out. She's going to hate me for this, but I just have to call her out. She was like an angel of mercy. Um, just going back and forth to the hospital, caring for Relisa. Other people visited her too, but Beth was there with doing all the practical stuff, getting her computer, packing her bags, all that. So I want to thank you for that, Beth, um, and just being an example. And she, so she missed a lot of the conference, unfortunately, but um, got to spend some great time with Relisa. So we're just so thankful to have you here, Relisa, and you, Melinda. Just, um, boy, again, like I said, a lot of medical things we've had lately, so we need to keep praying for one another uh, and for, for um, complete healing in all of our body. So I want us to um, get in the mood for the conference, because for, what you're going to hear today is a whole bunch of us that were at the conference, um, they're going to share with you what they um, learned, what God spoke to them, what he, they feel they brought back, and then I'm going to also share some things, but I want to just get you in the mood with this little clip of a song, uh, what the worship was like. Make sure you get the volume up nice and good. Yes. <laughs> stopped it there was because like I was like I want to worship now I don't want to be videotaping this so I put it down and started dancing but um that's what it was like that's just to give you a little taste and to make you want to come next year when we have another conference um there's going to be regional conferences and, and national conferences but that's what worship was like every every day um just and and really powerful the theme of the conference was making all things new and so there was a lot of talk about kind of our history as a vineyard and that we go back to the 70s and 80s and John Wimber was starting things and we want to keep the keep be an echo of the past, but also that God is doing new things here in our midst. So they emphasize a lot of our, our um, themes and our values as Vineyard of everyone gets to play, welcoming people of all backgrounds and cultures to be part of sitting at the table and being part of the, the movement, but also intimate worship. Even though it was so many people, you know, you'd, they'd start out with a song like that and then we'd instantly get into intimate worship. It was just incredible with all those people. We were just in the presence of God. Um, we talked about caring for the poor and for the lost and um, justice work and um, 
and compassion work, evangelism, global missions. So they talked about all that, but they also talked about things like how are we going to build longevity into this movement by having healthy churches and healthy pastors. They talked about soul care for pastors and um, all kinds of things. So it was so wonderful, but rather than hear it from me, what I have asked uh, these folks to do is they, they've each got two minutes. I didn't bring my timer up here. I should have. A um, little gong, you know. <laughs> um, but they've got two minutes to share with you kind of what God spoke to them and what was meaningful to them about the conference, and then I'm going to wrap it up at the end just with a few remarks. So I'm going to invite Trisha if she would come up. I'm so glad she doesn't have that timer. <laughs> um, a word that the Lord gave me um, before we went um, it was not necessarily for the conference, but was slow down because I can tend to want to get on my list and check things off that when I'm going too fast, I can have a tendency to mess things up and then also miss things. So, um, sorry, God, but I'm going to talk really fast right now because I want to get everything in. But I'm so glad that George and I, my husband, were able to go up to the mountains and slow down and come away and be with Jesus. And he is so faithful. He met us there. Um, Pastor Beth already spoke a little bit about the worship, and that was something that if you know me, you know that I'm a worshiper. And I was so amazed and just, can I just say, I am proud to be in the vineyard. I am so thankful to see what our, our denomination is doing, the um, diversity. Um, each morning we had a different association, which is just a group within the vineyard, lead us in worship. That probably, I think was the black pastors leading us. We had Hispanic, um, where it was all in Spanish, everything, the worship, and then the devotion was all in Spanish, which I absolutely loved. Um, if you know me again, you know my heart for the Hispanic uh, culture, um, and um, it just showed honor to them because it was all in Spanish. We, you know, us white, uh, American, whatever, people. <laughs> I'm going too fast. <laughs> um, you know, I had to read, had to get a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. Um, because, you know, they do that all the time. So I really thought that was really honoring to them. Um, the workshops, I mean, oh my goodness. I went to Alpha, I went to Justice and Evangelism and Nonviolence. I went to lead, Leadership, Resilience and Emotional Health. All of it was amazing, all of it. And I know some of them are going to share about those things. Personally, for me, um, the theme, like uh, Pastor Beth said, was making all things new. And um, when the black pastors shared, um, they not only they had the worship team, but then they shared a devotion. And um, James Payne was the speaker, and he kind of jokingly renamed the conference. I'm going to see if my fellow conferencier, whatever people went to the conference, um, can remember what it was. But he said, it's all things new. Make all things new, all things pruned. That just really stuck with me. Um, and, you know, we were talking about the vine. Um, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, and we have to stay connected to Jesus. But in order for new things to grow, you have to prune it. And I am not a gardener. I hate gardening, probably because I have bad allergies. But, you know, when you look at things that are pruned, you know, they're kind of ugly. You know, you look at these trees, and they've been cut off, and and it's like, ugh, that's ugly. But if you just wait a few months, then it's beautiful again, right? Because new things start to grow. And personally, I've been in a place, you know, we all 
um, say either before COVID or after COVID. And so after COVID, I've just been in a weird place that I'm realizing a lot of us have been in, you know, just questioning things, just really struggling with things and, and with God and with faith. And, um, and so this really spoke to me because I feel like I've been in a hard, painful place, but um, it gave me hope and just reaffirmed where I am that even though some things have been pruned and that hurt and it was ugly and it was painful, new things are growing. New things are growing. So I'm so thankful for that. And it is also in one of the workshops learned and talked about and was reaffirmed, whenever we are going through those places, is an invitation. It's an invitation to invite Jesus in and to allow him to walk us through it. Um, and allow him to take us into those deeper places. You know that song or the word verse where it says deep calls unto deep. So what it's talking about is those deep places that sometimes you can only go through with God when you're suffering or when you're being pruned. And um, so, yeah. So I hope that was two minutes. I'm going to hand it off to um, uh, Bob and just thank you. So that's the conference hat, making all things new. Okay, I want to be where the video can see me. Hello, streamers. Um, you know, if you spin the planet and you see blue and I see green, we're actually seeing the same planet. Sometimes we get into huge arguments about I saw blue and you saw green. And it's so interesting how different people can go to the same conference and we see things so differently and yet we see the same thing. My theme is also with, with, along with Trish. For me, the high point was, was James speaking on uh, John chapter 15, that if he loves you, he's going to prune you. And that, in fact, not just if he loves you, we know he loves you, but if you're bearing a little fruit, he'll prune you so you grow more fruit. And so James Payne, that's, that spoke a lot to me also, the all things new, all things pruned. Uh, my little bit of different take, I guess, was I left with that's really what I want to speak on, but as I really meditated on it over the weekend, it was I had this begrudging, you know, you're cutting, I don't like it, but help me to see the pruning. Uh, I'm uncomfortable, I don't like it, help me to see the pruning. But you know, by Saturday morning, I was going, Lord, prune me. I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm not bearing the fruit I want to bear. Lord, prune me. I want to be pruned. I'm not trying to resist pruning. I want to embrace pruning. That was my takeaway. So what would, might be an application to you? Well, many of you know my wife's a singer-songwriter. She wrote a song several years ago, You didn't bring me this far to leave me now. You know, God didn't bring you this far to leave you now. Amen. That would be the takeaway from this conference for me. Thank you. My name is Micah, and I went to the Vineyard Conference. At the Vineyard Conference, my favorite part was the worship. I thought it was so cool how many kids my age were worshiping. I thought I have never felt how I felt at the, con at the youth worship. All the kids, including me, love God so much. I also really liked when the worship leader stopped singing and all the kids would start singing the chorus of the song, Firm Foundation. 
name is Zoe, and I am one of the kids at Gate City Vineyard. I am here to show you, I am here to share how I felt God's presence at the Vineyard USA conference. A pastor came to my kids' conference, and the purpose of the prayer was to for God to say something he loves about you. I heard God say he loves me. I enjoyed being part of the conference. It's amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to go to the conference. I had the privilege of leading worship the first night at the vineyard, the youth national conference going on. And honestly, it, like, like Micah kind of described there, every hand was lifted. Every heart was pouring out praise to Jesus. It was absolutely beautiful. People were just worshiping. And uh, the kids started overpowering us. Up at, like literally started singing louder than us and started going into the, the next chorus. And I was like, oh, we're going there. Okay. And it changed where I'm going right now. So it's just beautiful. There's such a culture of worship in the vineyard. It's something I noticed. You just look out the vast sea of people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. But we all worship the same God, and we're all gathered in his name. And it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of heaven, isn't it? Beautiful picture of heaven on earth. So I saw that, and it just was encouraging to me that worship in the vineyard is still happening. You know, that it's actually still happening. That it's, it's not something that was of the past, but people are still entering in and seeking the face of God. So it was really amazing. So... I also had a pretty cool moment where I ran into a guy at a vi- that he he was a pastor at a vineyard church in Indiana, and I had ministered at his church back in 2018 before I was even part of the vineyard. And I ran into him. I'm like, "Hey, I know you." He's like, "And yeah." So just one of those full circle moments. I wasn't in the vineyard, but now I am in the vineyard. That was back in 2018 when I was doing an internship with People and Songs at the time. So, anyway, but. That's kind of what I experienced, but as far as for the church, what I see is just, let's just continue to honor God's presence. Let's continue to value him. He is the main thing. Let's keep him the main thing. Let's make it all about Jesus every single week, and I think that as we do that, we're going to continue to see a creative overflow of of songwriting, and that's something that the team is going to be more intentional about, songwriting, and we're going to be more intentional about connecting with other local vineyard bodies like in, in Holly Springs and maybe Raleigh and we're just going to get together and do some some healing praise worship kind of nights and stuff like that. So yeah, just to come together and uh, you know, meet and connect and all of that. And same thing with the youth, like the youth, we're starting up a youth band here really soon. Yep. Starting up a youth band. Yep, in August. We're going to get started and just going to we're going to go for it <laughs> and see what happens. And just as a youth group, just I'm going to, you know, we're going to have more opportunities just to do the stuff, actually to do the hands-on stuff like John Wimber would say, ministry and all that. So anyway, so I was, I'm just so grateful. Thanks for letting me share about the conference. Now I'm going to pass it on to Debbie. Here you go. Oh, Seuss. Okay. Love you guys. Thanks. All right. 
I have to go way up here. Um, they have probably already hit a lot of the ideas of the conference. I went to a session called Resilient Leadership. And if there is a word that we need for our people this week, it is resilience. And resilience means to keep your core purpose of who you are in obstacles and setbacks, but the ability to also move forward. So on the first session, it was physical health. And we are all leaders. Some of us have titles, and some of us don't have titles as leaders, but we are all leaders. And it's kind of like on the airplane, you are supposed to put your mask on first before you care for your children. It is true with ministry as well. If we are not taking care of ourselves physically, sleeping, eating well, getting physical exercise, it is hard for us to pour into other people. The second day of the session was on emotional health. And in this emotional health session, they talked about, we come to Christ, we make a commitment to Christ, we get discipled, and at some point in our journey, we get responsibilities. And then somewhere in those responsibilities, we may hit a wall. It may be something internal, um, depression and anxiety. It may be something external, just a physical, an event that has happened to us, a death in the family. But some people never get past those walls in their faith. Those walls are invitations to grow closer to Jesus. And we get a deeper union with Jesus if we can get around that wall. And we also um, come back to that sweet commitment with Jesus. So I thought that was very important because sometimes we think those walls um, are maybe a sign that our faith isn't strong enough. But it's really just an invitation from God to draw closer to him. Then the last day was with ministry, the financial health piece. And it was more of a crown ministry piece, but I thought it was so important because I had never heard before. Well, I mean, maybe I've heard about a stewardship model, but how sometimes I fall into the other two, either this prosperity or this poverty sort of mindset. So it was just very refreshing in a time um, in the vineyard to think about being resilient leaders. So again, thank you for the opportunity that I could go and um, I could share, but also that I could learn. It's really Debbie this time. enjoyed the conference and like I said the mixture of the different people and the cultures and everything was just amazing but I went to three sessions one of them that were labeled under justice and evangelism and they explained how justice and evangelism go hand in hand together justice doesn't always mean big important issues like it, racial issues which I ain't got time to talk about that <laughs> sorry <laughs> But it can also be something as simple that everyone has something to eat, that everyone can go to bed knowing they were able to feed their children that night. It, you know, something that a lot of us take for granted, but that, that is justice when we help with that. Meaning our grocery giveaway is showing justice, and once we give them the groceries, then we share the evangelism of praying with them and stuff. The second day I went, it was God, how to have God have a heart for your city. And John Elmer did a lot of the talk on this one. And to have the heart for your city, 
you've got to pray. You see, there's so many steps. The first one is you've got to pray. What good is any ministry if we don't pray for it? Um, he's also stressed the importance of the prayer walks, which we started, but everybody knows that we didn't put the full effort to it like we were supposed to, and that we're going to have to revamp a little bit, that this is very important. John Elmer said that he walked the streets of Syracuse and that he walked up and down every street praying for each neighborhood. And that's what we need to do. We're not going to be able to do that if there's just three or four of us. We need to have a bigger group to cover this city. Then we also have to learn our city's redemptive history. Well, to me, a lot of Greensboro's history is civil rights movement, that that was very important to this city and on everybody's heart, and that we can, um, yeah, theirs was um, the civil rights movement, such as the city and at Woolworth. We need to look for the needs of people discern what we see of the needs of people, ask for wisdom, and dive in. That it takes some steps, but if you cover every step, and like I said, the key word in this is prayer. Prayer before we start it, prayer during the walk, and then afterwards, you know, revamping with everybody. The last one that I went to was using nonviolence approach when discussing issues with others. First, you're going to have to always be respectful. How can you talk to them about being nonviolent if you've got your finger in their face? And stuff that to always be respectful. Martin Luther King gave this same message years ago, but technically we're still facing the same issues, that we're a little slow learners, but that it's important, and like I said, not all justice is big, big, huge issues to go march and everything. A lot of justice is just looking for your community's needs and doing your best to serve them. What? I did it. <laughs> well, good morning. My name's Tim Towery. Um, as y'all know, I'm the, the treasurer of the church, and I have to be honest, you know, I wasn't super looking forward to, to going to this conference. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's time off from work. I mean, it, it's a little bit of a sacrifice. Um, but I've been to other types of conferences before, and I know that when you take time to unplug and get away and go where you can just focus on the Lord for several days, there's fruit. And, and so I think this was no exception to that. But if you're like me, you know, in the past, I've been in this church for a long time, but I've never really been that engaged with vineyard usa you know i love our church and i love the values of the vineyard but one of the things that i came away with is just seeing the bigger picture of what the of the vineyard usa movement is about and more just not usa now it's international and that was just a really cool thing to me as has been shared the first night of worship um, i was sitting next to a hispanic pastor from chicago named fernando and he couldn't speak much english but um i sat there worshiping with him and um, in Revelation, and this came out, of the, was mentioned at the conference too, but it's Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude 
that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And that's really what it felt like when I was sitting there worshiping, thinking, Lord, this is just a, a front row seat and a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. And I thought, man, this is just such a cool thing. So one of the speakers gave the analogy of, of a chef and going over to somebody's house that was preparing this wonderful meal and knowing they were such a great cook. And he'd walk in the house and they could smell the aroma of what was being cooked. And that made them hungry and looking forward to the meal. And then they got a taste. They gave them a taste of it. And that's what this was like. It just made you look forward to what's, what heaven's going to be like. And so that was really rich. Um, the sessions I went to, there were several kind of overarching themes. Um, one was breaking up your life into thirds, and I'm in the last third. <laughs> and they, the, the common theme there was um, to bless and to worship. And that kind of tied in to one of the sessions I went to that was talking about um, ministering alongside one another. And one of the, the speaker was talking about this, um, I, if you remember the letters, I see in you. And getting together with folks and telling them what gifts you see in them. Because a lot of folks don't realize the gifts that they have. And just talking about them and encouraging those in people. So it's just about, um, they use different terms of discipleship and mentoring and apprenticeship. And they talked about how important it was for leaders of the church to have folks that go alongside with them that can kind of be trained and they can get together. And I thought about that in the ministry context. You know, it's hard, I think, sometimes when we're trying to kind of fit ministry into our schedule and whatever, but it's hard bringing another person along. But if you're going to visit somebody in the hospital or going to pray for somebody, um, it's, it's really a great thing to bring somebody alongside. So not only do you get to know that person more, you get to speak things into them and just minister together. And that was just a strong theme that, you know, I came away with. And so um, those were the – and then the other couple things, I think, there was a great session on Compassion International that re-energized me. We used to do that for years and got away from that, and, um, and that was just a really a good thing to hear again. But all in all, it was just great to get away, be with my brothers and sisters, um, got to room with Chris and Beth and Zoe and Michael, and that was fun. And we just had a great time together of, of just being present in a larger family and getting a glimpse of what God's doing in the movement across um, our country and the world. So. All right, good morning. I think I'm batting cleanup here. Um, uh, my name's Chris, and uh, yeah, several others shared about the, the morning worship, and that was what really stood out to me, too. For a little background, um, just in recent years, the Vineyard established um, what are called associations, so that specifically um, represent groups that have historically been underrepresented in the vineyard movement. So we have several. Um, we have a Hispanic association, we have a black association, uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander association, and a women's association. And a different association would lead worship each morning. So it was the, the worship and the message. And uh, I think it was just such a tangible expression of the beauty of that, in that each morning, you know, it was such a rich expression of the kingdom of heaven. Um, seeing the different perspectives and cultures all coming before the throne of God and leading us together. Um, so 
that it was just super powerful for me to to experience that, and again made me really proud to be part of the vineyard. Um, and then, actually, in a similar way, um, the fact that the vineyard dedicated space for youth and children at at, at our national conference um, was was really meaningful. Um, you know, Mike and Zoe shared, and I'll, I'll tell you, I was I was a little nervous for for my kiddos because you know they were the only um, kids from our church, and Micah was at the youth conference, and Zoe was at the kids conference, and so they didn't even have each other, and so you know, I mean, Beth and I, we were nervous about it, like, are they gonna be okay? And so, and the first night, I went to go pick up Micah, and he's like trembling and emotional, and I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Like. <laughs> And, and I was like, are you okay? And he was like, it was amazing. Like, I can't tell you that I've never felt that way in worship before, being with, um, um, being with kids my age that love Jesus together. So um, um, that, that, was, that just really warmed our hearts. Um, and, and so it made me think as I reflected on it, um, just as I think about our lives and then our church's life, um, this, this idea, one of the things that was talked about a lot was kind of the table, the banquet table. You know, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet, like a feast. And I guess the thing I kept coming back to is that, you know, we, I think I've always tried to be very welcoming, and I know our church has always tried to be very, very welcoming. We've always said, you know, everybody, everybody's welcome. But what God challenged me with is, what does it mean to set a table, right? So, like, I think of a wedding where you, you go somewhere and you've got that little name tag, right, that is specifically for you. What does it look like in our lives and in our church to set the table specifically for people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different perspectives, and so not just saying, oh, everybody can come, but specifically setting a table for people because that is what heaven is, right? It's people from all different places, backgrounds, cultures, coming to ages, all coming together. And so what can I do? What can we do to specifically create an environment like designed for people, that all, all different kinds of people? Um, and another thing that goes along with that is setting the table for people that don't know Jesus. Um, there's a huge emphasis on that. We talked a lot about alpha and other forms of evangelism. Um, what can we do to create an atmosphere that is just really attractive and compelling for people that don't know Jesus? How can I do that in my life personally? How can we do that in the life of our church? So that's something I'm super excited about. So thanks. Well, that was amazing, right? Can we give them all a hand? I got to spend a week with all those folks, y'all, so that was really, um, what a blessing. Breakfast, lunches, and dinners, and sitting around the table and talking. So I just really, really enjoyed that, um, enjoyed everything that you guys said, and now I just only have like a 45-minute exegetical sermon to give you. 
you don't mind, right? I mean, it's not, no. I just have a couple of brief remarks um, about what spoke to me. Um, a lot of what has already been said, so I won't, I won't belabor the point, but that, that verse from Revelation 7, 9, when there, it says there's a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. I mean, that's what we got to experience. We experienced it in worship. Um, they talked about it, and the, I love how intentional the vineyard is being about, about really getting people from all kinds of backgrounds and cultures to the table, and not just to the table, but into leadership. They're in the senior leadership of, of the vineyard. Um, and making sure that every voice is heard. And it just made me feel good about what where the, the focus that we are taking on, uh, the diversity committee that we are uh, that we have running, and um, we're going to be continuing to focus on how can we set that table, as Chris so um, well said. Um, I loved the way Charles Montgomery, who's the head of those associations, put it. He said, if we're going to worship around the throne up there, we need to learn to sit around the table down here. And I just thought that was a great way of saying it. So um, I also went to a particular session that spoke to me. It was on cultural intelligence, and it was challenging us as pastors and leaders. How culturally intelligent are you? And there's actually a, a, an assessment you can take on this, which I'm scared to take. Um, but uh, I may make everybody take it. Then, then it won't be just me. But um, it's sort of how effective are you at working across cultures? How sensitive are you to other cultures, other viewpoints? Um, how can we equip ourselves to be ministers who can easily work across cultures? Um, and I thought that was really great. So that was uh, something also that spoke to me that you've heard a lot about. The second thing that was really a, a, a key moment for me comes from the two scriptures, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and also Acts 1.8. Um, which is what they kind of call the Luke, the Luke um, Great Commission, Acts 1-8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And these two passages, you know, again, make us remind us that we're meant to be making disciples, that we're meant to be people who go out and talk about the good news. And we saw an interview between Jay Pathak, who's our national director, and Nikki Gumbel, who if you've been in Alpha, you know who Nikki Gumbel is. He's the one who uh, is the, in the videos of Alpha and really is um, has such a heart for this. And so I thought it'd be fun for you to just hear a little bit of what we got to hear. This is just a four-minute clip of the interview between uh, Jay Pathak and Nikki Gumbel from Alpha. I do think is absolutely vital is that evangelism is right at, at the center of it is the priority because Jesus said go and make disciples of all nations or if you take the Luke Great Commission you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses it's not enough to receive the Holy Spirit you the purpose is you will be my witnesses and I think Whenever churches prioritize something other than, than evangelism, they don't achieve what they're aiming for. So churches that, that aim for unity end up more divided. Because if, you aim for, if you, all you're aiming for is unity, you'll end up discussing the things you disagree about. And then you end up more disunited. And we've seen a lot of examples of that recently. If you make evangelization your priority, you have to be united. Because Jesus said, prayed that we may be one in order that the world will believe. If you make evangelization your number one priority, unity will follow. If you make renewal your number one priority, what happens is you become like the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is constantly being renewed. It's constantly got water coming in. 
but it's not going out. So it becomes more and more salty until it's dead. And churches that just focus on renewal will eventually die. But if you focus on evangelization, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. You, you can't be a witness to Jesus without the Holy Spirit because we need to show the fruit of the Spirit. We need to, have to be loving, more, more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more kind, more generous, more faithful, more, more self-controlled. And so if, if your focus is on evangelization, Lord, I need to be filled with the Spirit today because I want to shine your light in my workplace, in my, in my gym. I want, to be, I want to be a witness. You can't do that without the Holy Spirit. So um, focusing on evangelization will inevitably lead to renewal, or at least it won't be effective without renewal. You need, because as individuals and as churches, we need water coming in and water going out. It's like where I swim in the serpentine. It looks dirty. It's quite dirty. There's a lot of duck poo. But actually, it's safe to swim in mm. because it's basically clean. It's moving, It's right. got water coming in at the Italian fountains, water going out under, Vic, underneath Victoria and into the Thames. Mm. And because of that, it's, it's safe. Mm. And uh, every church, every, all of us as individuals need water coming in. We need to be constantly refilled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be going out. Mm. If we're just being filled, well, we'll eventually, we, we will die from being filled um, and if we're just going out we'll dry up because you, you you can't do it without the holy spirit so and it's the same with discipleship if you make discipleship your number one priority a lot of churches say, oh we're going to really people say and you know john wimble was brilliant about this because people say oh you know the, the preaching uh we need you know we, we we've had enough of this milk we need solid food mm -hmm. um we need more meat and as you know john wimble would always say the meat is on the street and he was right. If you want to grow in discipleship, get out and evangelize. Go and pray for people to be healed. Go and love your neighbor. Go and serve food. Go and look after the homeless. Go into the prisons. Um, go and pray for people. Uh, that's how you'll grow in discipleship. So, um, and you'll need, and if you're evangelizing, you'll be asked questions. You'll, you'll, you'll grow in head knowledge as well because you'll have to, people will say, to, ask you questions and you'll have to go and find out the answers. Not give the answers. That's, you know, that's why the Alpha Small Group is not a place where uh, our training for the Alpha Small Group host is this. Yes. Just listen. 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 Right. Ask questions. Listen. And you will have a fascinating discussion. Yes. Good stuff, right? I'll, um, I'm going to try to post some of the links to some of the teachings that we saw in, in our e-bulletin so that you'll get to hear. I know some of you tried to get on the live stream and couldn't get it, but... I mean, you know, I could just, you could just listen to that over and over again to remind ourselves that we are meant to not only be filled up with the Spirit and, and filled up in worship and filled up with His presence, but then pour out and pour out in service and pour out in, in, in doing justice and pour out in, in evangelizing. So I just loved all that. It really um, spoke to me. And the last thing I'll share with you really is about, it was, it's really a more personal thing. I got, went to the, um, the Women's Association. So one of the associations is women's. I went to the Women's Association me meeting, which is led by Melanie Forsyth Lee, who is a, um, the, the lead pastor of Life Vineyard Church in Columbus, Ohio. And she spoke, and she talked about the pressures of being a woman in this role, of being a, a female senior pastor, um, how it's still somewhat unexpected in our world and in the church, 
and how in some ways it can feel like you have to work twice as hard as a woman to be seen as half as good as a man. <laughs> um, and it's the old Ginger Rogers, you know, is doing everything backwards and in heels that Fred Astaire did. Um, and, and so, you know, she said that can sometimes feel like a lot of pressure. And she encouraged women in leadership to lay that all down, and it's true for men in leadership as well, but um, to lay that down, to be honest about our limitations. Every one of us has limitations, male or female, in what we can do to have those boundaries set up, um, to not compare ourselves to others, that we don't need to exhaust ourselves to do the work of the ministry, whether you're an elder or a pastor or a, on staff or just a person volunteering. We don't have to exhaust ourselves to do what God has called us to do. And she had one quote that resonated with me, I think will resonate with you as well well, whether you're a man or woman, she said, the best gift you can give your congregation is the gift of yourself fully given to Jesus. And um, I just love that. That's the best gift you can give to anyone, whether it's to your family or to your workplace or to the church, is ourselves, our whole selves, fully given to Jesus. And so that's that's the commitment I make to you. I mean, I thank you so much for sending the staff. The church sent the staff on, on this trip, um, and so we are just so thankful for that. Uh, and my commitment to you is that I'm going to just continue to be fully sold out to Jesus and offering myself to Jesus, and then I will be exactly what is needed for this church. And as you all do the same thing, you will also be exactly what is needed for this church, and the ministry of the church is going to go on. Everyone gets to play. Every single one of you is important um, and, and has gifts and, and talents and abilities that you're bringing to the table for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So um, I'm just so thankful for this time. I would like us to pray.